This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. service, I think, could be really powerful, you know, as we learn what it is to actually allow those moments, those moments to come together and to connect. Now, we're looking at a three-part series here. Let Your Life Speak is the title of it. And Let Your Life Speak is about this idea of a call, a vocation, something that is, that is bigger than us, that actually moves through us, that in a certain sense, listen to this, in a certain sense, we don't have a choice not to do. Like it or not, It's something that we just feel called to. That's why it's called vocation, same root as vocal. It's it's a call. It's something we we, we listen to. Not something we work towards, per se. The work's important. But it's something we listen to. And we've been doing this series in these four parts. We started out with the idea that you are born with a gift. We're all born with some gift. Last week, we looked at the fact that our path on this journey, that it will wind all over the place. It will wind here and there and everywhere. And as part of that winding, I'm going to step over here. We said part of that winding is understanding these questions over here. And there's a number of these questions over here. And the way these questions go is that they they sort of start to point us towards vocation. They're things to start to think about as we understand that the path winds. We're born with a gift. And then that gift starts to grow. And we have to ask these questions to help that gift become more and more mature. The questions are, am I being faithful to my own gifts? Am I being faithful to the needs I see around me within my reach? And last, am I being faithful to those points at which my gifts might intersect those needs in some life-giving way? Pretty interesting, right? We're talking about intersections here again. We're talking about points. We're talking about things coming together. I want to see who was paying attention last week. The key thing to remember with all of this is the path winds. We have this gift, the path winds, it's not direct, this gift keeps on growing. What we need to remember is to just, I want you to say it really loud, just simply show, can we say it again? Just simply show up. Just simply show up. Just keep showing up as best you can. And then, you know, sort of allowing God to to, to take you on this winding path because we don't know where it's going to go. We know it's going to have challenges. Some of the challenges it will have as we're looking towards there will be a moment, some of the challenges we have will be really, really easy to spot. See if you get that joke. You get it? You know, I I, I like that. The ringing in your ears, I think I can help. You know, there's sometimes it's just like, oh, there it was. So that was the bell. That was that annoying thing. and, And we can start to remedy it. But some problems are actually much bigger. Pharaoh. Some problems are much greater, much far beyond what, what we can imagine. We're going to go back, for first time in teens, we're going to go back and look at a very famous story in the Bible from the book of Exodus. And it's a story about a man who's coming into his vocational call. I'm going to have you say these words after me really loud. His vocational call, where we're kind of going in this series, was where he finally all comes together with these words. Let my people... Go. 
let my people go. That's where we're coming to, where, 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 where the vocation finally gets voice. And he finally sees how all these different threads really come together. The man we're talking about is Moses, one of the most famous leaders in all of history. And, and, and with the Bible, the Bible's great for going back and looking at and understanding that this is a book that talks about our spiritual struggles. It's not a book that we go back to looking for chronological history, like did this really happen and this really happened and this really happened and this really happened. Because I see people who debate that stuff and they go, well, the Bible couldn't be true because this didn't happen. Well, it's not meant that way. From a new church angle, it's meant as poetic truth. Not scientific truth, not a history book. But as a poetic truth that starts to point us towards what's happening in our soul. And we can come more and more into understanding the Bible. And then, ready for this, then the Bible really comes alive. When you start to understand, this is not a story about Moses. This is a story about us. This is a story about us. Now, as many of you know, I spent many years as a secondary school history teacher, so I'm going to don my history teacher hat here for a moment as we take a look at this map. Now, I just want to talk about the way that this story is, and then we'll, then we'll pick it up a little bit. The people we're talking about lived up on the top right, up there, see where it says Hebron and, and the Dead Sea, up in there, the modern land of Israel. That's where they were camped. That's where their tribe was, so to speak. The Egyptians on the left, they were these incredibly powerful people. They sweep north around the Mediterranean. They take over that area. And as is very common in antiquity, and if you're, if you're an ancient history teacher or, or loved ancient history, you know this, what they would do a lot would be they would grab people, pull them back as sort of prisoners and slaves, and then have them work in their country, building things, doing things, etc. And that's where we pick up this story. Moses is born in Egypt under those circumstances. Now, this is going to be important we come back to. He'd never actually been to his homeland, but he had heard about it. So he gets born in that area. Uh, Pharaoh at that time was destroying, was destroying male, male children of these slaves, but he gets saved. He gets raised by Pharaoh's daughter. And then what happens? One day he's out working and he sees this slave master just beating on this Hebrew slave. So he comes to his defense, kills the Egyptian slave master, and then he knows his life's in danger. So this man who had been raised under Pharaoh's household with, with all of its bells and whistles has to flee. And where he flees down to, see the M word there? He flees way far away to Midian. That's like running away to South Dakota. You know, it's quite a journey that he went on to do this. And that's where we pick up this story. Now, as I read what I'm going to read, I want you to hear for two tracks. Okay? Listen carefully for where you might hear two tracks. For those of you who are, who are following along with your Bibles, this is Exodus 2, verses 21 to 24. Moses agreed to stay. This is a Midian. Moses agreed to stay with a man who gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses in marriage. Zipporah gave birth to a son, and Moses named him Gershom, saying, I have become a foreigner in a foreign land. So even here, he knows living in Midian. This just, this isn't home. It's all he really knows. This, this isn't home. Yes, I'm comfortable. Yes, I've, I've got flocks and all those things. I've got a family. But this isn't home. During that long period, the king of Egypt died, Pharaoh. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out. And their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their 
groaning. So what happens here, folks, is he, we see this part. I have become a foreigner in a foreign land. He starts to realize, like, look, these, this piece just isn't, just isn't working. Like, I, I just feel totally, ah, it just isn't working for me. And I may not be able to explain it. Like, I've got all the stuff of life arrayed around me, but something inside, something inside is feeling hollow. You want to read a good poem on that? Read the poem, Straw Men, by E.E. E. Cummings. Straw men, heads filled with straw, hearts filled with straw, nothing. And that's where I feel like a lot of us can be in our lives, that, that feeling just of nothingness, that, that feeling just that there things just are not working. So this is going on on this sense, and then on the other sense, we see God's call too. God's doing this thing over here. Moses' life is going over here. We're going to look at what happens with that intersection. So I want to go on and read more from the story for you here. Get a chance to hear some more about what happens. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert, came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within the bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. Now, that's interesting. He saw this, this bush. He saw it just, just bursting into flames. And he notices that it's not actually catching fire. The flames are, are somehow not destroying the bush. So Moses thought, I will go over and see the strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When Moses saw that, saw that he had gone over to look, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him within the bush, Moses, Moses. And this is a beautiful line. And Moses said, here I am. That's a whole nother sermon. That's the way we're supposed to, supposed to respond when we hear God's voice. Just here I am, here I am. Do not come closer, God said. Take your sandals off for the place you are standing is holy ground. So this is the moment, folks. So as the band comes out, I want you to think about that moment. Like here we are sort of at this crisis point in the story. This is a man who has run away. He's run away through the desert. All of a sudden he has this experience. It's kind of his path, God's path. And we see the two starting to intersect in this wonderful, amazing, life-giving moment. Now I want you to think, again, like, like allow the tension of that moment to sink in a little bit as we come to a call in our life, as we come to a vocation, what does God offer right there in that moment? As, as we look at those moments, like, like that moment, folks, think of that, right? Like, let's just think of that for a minute. Let's put our focus there, right? You know, we're, we're going through our life and our normal thing. God has all kinds of other things going on that are just beautiful, but we're unaware. Run aware. And then all of a sudden, we see it. We take the time to see it. There's so much I want to say, and I was, I was telling some people before today's sermon, sort of a complicated topic that I want to talk about. I'm going to trip all over my words. Maybe you just pull a few things out of it, because there's so much about this that I want to tell you, because I think it's a spectacular story. It talks so much to our heart, right? It talks so much about these, these moments where all of a sudden, like, like, like we see something, it doesn't quite compute, and it's really God talking to us. But if you notice, it's something that's going to pull us off of our path. 
Somebody's going to ask us to go a different way. And what we're asked to do is simply say, here I am. Here I am with a smile. And this is a part two that's it's in the back of my head. And I hope it just sort of flavors what I'm going to be talking about. It's easy to look at these moments and, and to think of these moments as, as, as sort of way away and like, yeah, you know, way away. But, but I think these moments happen all the time. The question is this, can we slow down to see them? I think that's the question. Can we slow down to see them? My two cents, Moses probably had walked by 135 burning bushes before God finally got his attention. Why 135? Because that's what came to me. That's what I think. You know, folks, like, like imagine, a, you know, this is a little bit of a left field example, but, but it's like when, when you're out there with your kids and they see a deer, right? They see a deer in the woods and they come home and they, they, they tell your spouse like, hey, mom, I saw a deer or hey, dad, I saw a deer. Well, how many deer didn't they see? If you're in the penny pack, a bunch. But you see, I, I think these things are happening all the time. For probably a few of you in here, Today might be that moment. It might be that time where whoop, some things connect in ways that are deeply powerful. Now, there's a couple of lessons, I think, that are, that are of value here to start to pull out as we work towards what God actually offers up out of that flame. The first is this really, really key one. I have indeed, please say the M word there, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out. I am concerned about their suffering. God sees. And God sees and God asks us to do this. God sees and asks us to, to see. God sees and asks us to see. I mean, that's so important because I, I know with church, like, an old saw with me is, is, boy, you know, we live in this entertainment culture. We live in this culture where everything has to feel good, be good. If everything doesn't feel good, we just want to, like, ignore it. And a lot of the times I see churches, and, and this sort of is painful to me, and I see them sort of slide themselves over here. Well, that doesn't work. It works if life is all peachy keen. But it doesn't work over here when life starts to break. And if you're coming here, if you are coming here today with a broken heart, if you're feeling like a foreigner in a foreign land, we get it. Could we all say we get it really loud? We get it. That's what churches say. We get it. We get it. We know life always isn't this. We know that there is suffering. And we believe that Christ sees it. And our job as a church is to see it too. But in order to see, uh, you know, the, the, the difficult part, and I'm going to walk back over here again, the difficult part and what God really asks us to do is this. In a really cool little piece of theology, what God says is, is look, Moses, what I need you to do is I need you to take your shoes off, your sandals. Now, some of us do that, not pointing anybody out because we're clean freaks. 
That's not what God's talking about here. He's saying this is a holy place. Take off those shoes. Take off your agenda. Take off your path. Take off the idea that you've, things that you've created, things that you've done. And what I'm going to ask you to do is to allow your foot to touch the ground. What we in the new church talk about being that, that very basic part of your life, down to the very natural level, allow it to touch the ground. Get in touch with life. That's what holiness is. Holiness is not a a separation project from life. It's not an evacuation plan from the earth. Actually, it's a coming that thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. We say that a lot. That's that foot. Figure out what's getting between that and get rid of it. Just, Just even for a moment. I mean, yes, there's a time to wear shoes, and this is a time not to. This is a time to really get in touch with those those deeper, more truer things in our life and to allow that connection, to allow that connection to take place. But please listen carefully or take a note on your phone. You have to notice the burning bush first to do that. The power of noticing, the power of saying, yeah, there's 100, I may have missed 135, but here's 136 and I'm gonna take the time. What a great task that would be for a week. Just, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find time this afternoon. There'll be a burning bush somewhere. And when I see it, I'm gonna take off my shoes. And I'm gonna say to God these beautiful words. Here I am. That simple. That simple and that profound. Now, these moments, folks, are not you know, are not easy to do, you know, because what we, what we see here is as these things start to match up, you know, we take off our shoes, here's the burning bush, so, so we do our bit, letting go of certain stuff, connecting in certain stuff, God's doing his bit, he's showing up, and, and, and what happens, I think, with these shoes is God is asking us to cut time free. Cut time free. I mean, what if, you know, it's true that we we can't really understand what's spiritual if we're always thinking in space and time ways. We have to be able to cut time free. And in this weird paradox that I absolutely don't get, I don't get, but, but but I know it to be true. When we cut time free, it brings us very present into time. If I was to say it very basically, when I stop worrying about my agenda and the next thing that I need to do, I can be very present to you and to those I love and to God and to myself and listen to this, into my vocation, into my call, into what God is asking me to start to think about. Now, these experiences, folks, they're, they're mildly troubling. I, you know, I was, I was trying to like, well, how could I capture this? And this is what I came up with. This works for me. It may not work for you. What I find with those experiences for me over the years, first, it defies my expectations. Like, I think the world is going this way, and all of a sudden, there's this big U-turn. You know, I think this is happening, then all of a sudden, this happens. I had an expectation of the way the world was going to go. Something totally different occurs. The second one, 
it challenges our plans. The second thing is that we get challenged. Like with our expectations comes our plan. And then all of a sudden our plan itself gets challenged in the way life is supposed to be. You know, I can remember as, as a young adult, you know, when I was a teacher, I went through and I did a timeline of the way I wanted my whole life to unfold. New Church Live was not part of that list. Big surprise. I'm glad those plans were challenged. Number three, can we say this R word really loud? Resonate, Resonate with what we know to be true. So at the same time where we're challenged, we just kind of like, oh yeah, that's true. Can't explain it. Can't give words to it. Don't really know how to talk to my spouse about this. But it just is what's true. It resonates. And then the last one, could you all say call really loud? Call. call. It calls us forward. It calls us forward into, a, into a, an unimagined future. Can I tell you a story? I want to tell you a story from just a, just a few days ago. Angels in Motion, incredible group. Incredible group, working with the homeless and addicted down in Kensington. Went down, was doing some service work down there. And as we're coming back, my, my phone, I'm getting texts on my phone uh, from a couple of people, one of which is like, Chuck, I need to see you this afternoon. Now, usually when somebody needs to see me this afternoon, guess what? Is it good news or bad news? Take a guess. Bad news. And usually, bad, bad news. You know, if they text twice, it's bad, bad, bad news. So, so I'm a little irked, you know, a little like, irked is the wrong word, a little like unsettled, you know, like... <gasps> You know, uh, and I'm trying to talk very nicely in the car. And the same time, I'm like worried about how do I text this person because I'm really anxious. And uh, so they say, Chuck, could I, could I see you this afternoon? Yep, I'll be back in the office such and such a time. And they come to say hi. This is what happened. And it wasn't bad news. They had gone out to a, to a church. This isn't somebody who attends New Church Live, by the way. This is just a, a dear friend. They had gone out to attend a, a church service out in San Francisco. Uh, and when they were at church there, they, you know, there's all that anxiety. First time attendees, my heart goes out to you. I know coming to church for the first time is terrifying, you know. So, so they're going to this church out there in, in San Francisco. They're just, they're terrified the whole thing. And they, get, they go into the church and they're, they're starting their worship stuff and it's starting to like hum. And then, then a moment comes where, where this man turns to his left and there's obviously a homeless person standing right there beside him. And they hug Simple moment. A burning bush. A burning bush. All of a sudden, the world expands, and this man realizes, I'm going to have you complete this sentence, that we are all one. We're all one. I love the way God sets stuff up. <laughs> you know, and this man was coming to talk to me. And what he was coming to talk to me about is how he was feeling called to serve down in Philadelphia. <laughs> I had a few things to share with him. You see, those, those are those moments, folks, where, where those experiences, like he didn't go into that church expecting that. He didn't go into that church with a certain plan all of that started to shift for him. And then he starts to get called towards this future, sort of unknown, but, but get called to something different. And as he starts that call, all of a sudden life starts to open in these amazing ways. And people start to show up in our lives 
in incredible ways. And this is what's key. You know, please listen carefully to this. Please, 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 please. As I, I think this is a saw I just feel like I, I want to like speak to so passionately. Give up the idea, please, please, that salvation is a private game. I beg of you, if there's any little residue of that in your brain, get rid of it. Because I think that's what holds so many of us back. We really feel in this culture, which is very individualistic, that look, I can do this whole salvation God thing all by myself. You know, in traditional new church circles, I mean, I could just go off and read and read. And if I just read stuff, that was good enough. I think today it sort of gets underneath the the label of spiritual but not religious. Like, that's great. But you know, I I just, I don't want to give myself up to an institution. So so we make spirituality like this privatized affair. It's not. I mean, the burning bush will call us to a future and that future will call us into other people's lives where we learn, where we learn the humility of that we can't do it ourselves. See, and and through that, like here's, here's, guys, and I have a whole sermon coming up on this, but I'm just gonna give you a little teaser. Maybe this, maybe God wants you to be more than happy. Think about that. Maybe God wants you to be more than happy. He doesn't want you to be unhappy. That's not what I'm saying. Sure, he wants happiness. And maybe he wants more for you from that. Maybe that gets into vocation. Maybe that gets into this beautiful line. This is one, by the way, if I had a camera, I would take a picture of this. Let you just look at that for a minute. The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. I, I really find that line incredibly profound because I think the gladness that God is talking about is not sort of just the superficial happiness of being entertained. You know, I, I, I watch some people, I watch some people who can look at three screens at the same time. They've got their phone, their laptop, and the TV on all at the same time. All guilty say I. You know, that's not what we're talking about here. You know, I don't think you're going to see a burning bush that way. This is a different thing. This is a different kind of gladness that is is the soul level thing that is beyond happiness. It's where you just know that you're where you're supposed to be, doing what you're supposed to be doing, touching the world you're supposed to touch, figuring out those questions, not perfectly because none of us has the answer, but listen, listen, but at least be in the place where you can notice the question, where you can notice the burning bush, where you can take off your shoes and allow, allow it to be sacred land. The land on which you stand is sacred. Chuck's two cents. It's all sacred. Every last bit of it. What if you lived like that? What if we made commitments around that? That it's all sacred and these these moments are everywhere. So what does God tell him out of the bush after he's gotten him ready to hear the message? Well, this is what he says. He says, your job is gonna be to free my people. Your job is going to be to go back to this homeland that you've never been, but that your soul yearns for. Listen to that. 
back to this homeland that you've never been, but that your soul yearns for. And to go back to that land, your job is going to be to go and get these people who are enslaved over here in Egypt and bring them home with you. That's beautiful. Beautiful. His strategic plan, as God often does, Moses is all like, well, how do I do this? Well, this is what God tells him. Here's his strategic plan. Can we say those three words loud together, the first three? So now go. I am sending you. Not a big explanation, not a big strategic plan, not a big, this is how it will all go. It's just God simply going, you know what? Your job is just to go and to trust. To trust that I'll be with you. Now, if you know the story, some of you are familiar with the Bible, most of you are not. You know, Moses has all these reasons it can't work. And oftentimes, to be candid, we will feel like we can't do it. I'm going to show you a video here. I think this video speaks to the way a lot of us feel when we're asked to do these things, when we hear God saying, so now go. We feel like we just can't, that we're not enough. Take a look at this video. I can't. I can't get in front of it. No matter how hard I try, no matter how much I give, I'm just, I'm not enough. For who? What? Not enough for who? I mean, Sean, the kids, my mother, God, everybody, I don't know. You. Not enough for you. I was raised in church. This might surprise you, but I have since drifted from the faith. Shocker. My mama worked three jobs. I never met my daddy. I had to get up early and walk to school, but I'd wait up for her coming home from the diner. I'd wait up every night because she'd come home and she'd put me to bed and she'd tell me something. She tell me the same thing every night. He loves you, Charles. No matter who you are, no matter what you do, or how far you run, Jesus will always be loving you with his arms open wide just for being you. And I'd smile and go off to sleep. You know, I saw something on Pinterest the other day. It was an eagle just caring for its young. It's a beautiful thing to watch one of God's creations just 
doing what he made it to do. Just being an eagle. And that's enough. Y'all spend so much time beating yourselves up. Must be exhausting. Let me tell you something, girl. I doubt the good Lord made a mistake giving your kiddos the mama he did. So you just be you. He'll take care of the rest. Just a little bit. So the Kids Live team, what they did is they made their own little little burning bushes today, you know, in Kids Live. And, you know, that's what I want to I want to close with that. I want to close, folks, like, like, let's have a week where we do this. Let's have a week where we notice. Let's have a week where we see what the burning bushes are in our lives. Let's just hold them. Let's take off our shoes. Let's get that it's holy ground. Let's get, let's maybe even for a minute get that it's all holy ground. Let's get for a moment that God loves us, that we are enough. That our job is to be us, our truest and best selves. That, that God has it arranged so that, so that your best self and, and this call, that they are going to match up. And your job is just as best you can, is to step out of the way and go, here I am. Have a great week. Join us next week as we pull this together in a very inspirational way next week, really trying to like hone in and let's, let's talk about what that looks like for you individually as you come to see what the message of the burning bush is in your heart. And we see Moses finally get clear on his call. So please join me in prayer. You can put those down. I'm going to say a prayer, and then you have the opportunity to say the Lord's Prayer as you know it, to say your own silent prayer, or to have a moment simply of quiet reflection. So please join me. So Lord, allow us to see, maybe as Elizabeth Barrett Browning said, Lord, that for the believer, every bush is aflame with the glory of God. And as she said with a smile, the rest of us, Lord, we just sit around and pick blackberries. Allow us, Lord, to see everything aflame with your glory, everything a possible message, everything a possible connection, Lord, and allow us to take off our shoes and notice. And notice your work in our lives and the lives of others, Lord, regardless of what situation we find ourselves in, the power, the miracle, the majesty of noticing, Lord. Let us be there. And then, Lord, as you stir in our heart and you offer to us the simple command, so now go, I have sent you. Allow our response to be one of courage, 
learning how to be courageous, knowing, Lord, that you are not a God who spells out everything, but you are a God of discovery, of love, of awe, of trust, of a miracle. Let that miracle grow in our heart. Let us leave here courageous, grounded, and seeing your flame throughout the entire world. All sacred, all one, all connected. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv.